Give your kitchen the upgrade it deserves with Clearview Cabinetry. Clearview Cabinetry starts as a kitchen built for now and grows with you as life changes. It's flexible by design with full access cabinet construction. So you can go from doors to drawers for storage that works when you need it. Get an appointment-free design consultation and explore all our cabinet options on display in our kitchen showroom and save big money now at Menards. Save big money at Menards. Hello, Talk Tuners. Welcome to episode 12. Stephanie, Stephanie, Talk Tunes. I'm Stephanie Myers. Hey, y'all. I'm Stephanie Pena. And we're excited to be here as always. We're ready to chit chat with you guys about some great stuff today. And, you know, we've had a really great weekend full of Mm -hmm. fun concerts for both of us, which is such something in our, you know, individual wheelhouses. I know we both get excited about seeing shows. Yeah, yeah, it's been, it's great. Um, This is actually my uh, first time going out to a show since my vaccination, since the pandemic. I was trying to think of the the last concert I went to before we went on lockdown. I can't even remember. (laughs) Oh, dang. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, your, yeah, so. That's your time back. Yeah, wow. Yeah, this is probably really. Mindless. I guess this is my second or third show since vaccination. I end up seeing um, Bully at mm-hmm. the Laundry Room here in LA. And I don't know um, if our listeners are familiar. I know you are, Stephanie. Um, it's Alicia Bognato and her bands who are great. They are definitely have just this really... I would say really unique sound. Uh, they sound mm-hmm. really similar to like Sebado, to like the vein of like Breeders, Dinosaur Jr. and a vein, but just put on a great show, so much energy and so much mm-hmm. fun. And it wasn't too big to where it didn't feel overwhelming. Um, it was yeah, relaxed. Yeah. yeah, it was um, all vaxxed yeah. show and mass Okay, show. that's cool. Yeah, because I mean, at a lodge, I mean, I'm not familiar with the venue, so I imagine it's pretty small. Yeah, it's really not big at all. It's just kind of one room. But I think it wasn't at capacity. And then mm-hmm. um, per LA regulations, folks stayed masked. It mm-hmm. felt good. And the show was awesome. You can imagine, you know, you get to do fun lighting inside and all these, you know, little concerts. Yeah, yeah. Concerts. And that intimacy, you know. The intimacy, dude. That's where it's at. I love it. I love it. That's great. I have to go check out a show at that room whenever I make it back to LA. That's cool. Totally. Yeah. And it sounds like the show you went and saw was just bigger on scale. It was outdoors, but, uh, you know, it's Dwight Yoakam and that really dovetails into how we're talking about Johnny Cash yeah. today and our memories and stories around Johnny, but love to hear how Dwight went for you. Yeah, because, I mean, you think about it, they're probably homies, right? So Dwight and Johnny Cash are probably homies. As You know, um, Dwight Yoakam is definitely a well household name, but he still has this type of underground cultish following. And anyway, so Dwight Yoakam yesterday, he's played, he's a a San Antonio sweetheart. He has definitely um, played SA so many times. I saw him in what's called Helotus, Texas, which is literally like a, dip a toe right outside of San Antonio. So it's part of the greater San Antonio area. Um, there is a store called Floors Country Store that has been around for decades. And um, this is actually my first time going though. 
When I was younger, I had friends who were really into 90s country and they saw a lot of artists there at this venue. But for me with country, I love country. I love music. And we've, we've talked about how we hit all genres. But for country, for me, it's just select artists. And Dwight Yoakam has always been a big one for me. Now So one of my all-time favorites. So the first album that I ever heard of Dwight Yoakam was Hillbilly Deluxe. Do you remember that album, Steph? I do. It's been a minute. Yeah. So that was the first album that I was introduced to. It came out in 1987. It's not to be confused with Rob Zombie's Hellbilly Deluxe, which I also love, that came out in 1998. But um, both great albums, but we're going to talk about the Hillbilly. And man, this was one of my fav- my parents' favorites of all time, too. Like this album was on heavy rotation in the Fenya House in 1987 and probably all the way to like 95. Um, you know, and like I said, the cool thing about Dwight Yoakam is that, yeah, he's known. People know who he is. I mean, for sure. But he still has an underground cultist fan base. And reasoning behind that is because of his music. It's not the traditional country music that you would hear. I mean, Dwight Yoakam has got that influence of rock and roll and even conjunto. And for those folks who don't know what conjunto music is, that's traditional Mexican music with the accordion. It has subgenres of conjunto would be like the Janos when you think of folks, I mean, household name, Selena, you think of that, you will definitely hear those influences in Yoakam's music. And actually, I thought he was a Tejano singer at first when I heard him when I was a kid, because that's, there are some songs that just sound like Tejano songs straight up. And I remember seeing him on TV in Austin City Limits. He would always be jamming in all black, which is something similar to Johnny Cash. And Johnny Cash is the man in black. Um, so Dwight Yoakam was known for his get-ups. He'd go out in all black as well sometimes, but his main get-up was the jean jacket. And he was wearing the jean jacket and the white hat, cowboy hat. And so he, he brought his stage presence and his band was all, um, had the rhinestone out old school country, you know, um, get up. So it was really cool. Um, it was fun. And um, what I know about Dwight, too, and just, again, in his music and influences, which is super cool. I have to share this, y'all. So he actually used to tour in California and play a bunch of venues that were normally known as punk venues. So, like, L.A.'s legendary punk band X actually created a subgenre of punk called cowpunk that was influenced by Dwight because there would be times where Dwight Yoakam would open up for punk bands. So there's like a little following. It's super cool. And, um, you know, so he's played the stages of X, Dead Kennedys, Butthole Surfers. Um, He's even collaborated with Los Lobos, which is another really huge Latino uh, rock band. You know, talking about the X, which is amazing. X is an incredible band. And I interviewed John Doe from X Mm -hmm. back in the day once. And he was just really cool. So it's so neat that there's that. Dwight X connection and that he would really be able to cross that genre, which is such a, Mm -hmm. you know, specific genre. 
Absolutely. Um, yeah, because, I mean, Dwight's just special. I mean, yeah, no joke. I mean, you, you definitely know that there are folks that are diehard country fans that like Dwight Yoakam, but he crosses that line. Where folks like myself and, you know, and you, Stephanie, and who just like, you know, eclectic taste. So that's so great. I love how music just joins all different backgrounds and interests together. It was really cool. It was a really good crowd. Um, you know, it's more giving more props to Dwight. You know, he actually covered Prince's Purple Rain. Like, that's kind of how cool <laughs> Dwight Yoakam is. Very cool. Um, and, uh, you know, as far as who we're talking about today, he was heavily influenced by Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash, um, he said in numerous uh, interviews that his mom was yeah, a diehard fan. And so he was always listening to Johnny Cash. He loves Merle Haggard. And the cool thing about Merle Haggard, I have a quote from him, is talking about the difference in country music from that that's born in Nashville, where we think of Nashville being the heart of country, absolutely. And the country from the, and country music from the West Coast is that country music in Nashville came from churches and the country music in the West Coast came from honky tonks and bars. That's so true. And that's Yoko. That's right, Yoko. He is a honky, he's the honky tonk man. Everybody knows that song, right? Yeah, I know you do. The Honky Tonk Man. So um, the show was great. It was awesome. You know, definitely a lot of different genres. I saw people younger than me. So again, just showing how music just lives on. But to be honest with you, things got a little weird. It got a little political. Um, I didn't, wasn't really down for all that. But I must say, y'all, um, if you haven't used it before, use it now. It's called setlistfm.com. You can literally go online and see where your artist um, what set list that they played because this is a show they're gonna have a set list an actual list that they're gonna play every night maybe switch up one or two songs but this uh, website is such a lifesaver because from concert goer to concert goer you know you're trying to have some beverages get hype and then oh man now i gotta go to the bathroom well you know it's like i don't want to miss the show but if it's a song that you can actually say oh it's fine I'm not the biggest fan of this song. I can spare five to 10 minutes while I go to, you know, the facilities and go grab another beer. It's great for planning. And so when things got a little strange, I was like, you know what? Let me see here. Let me see when I can exit. And, but I'm happy to say that I saw him play 20 songs last night, 20 to zero. Great performer. Fantastic. Glad I went. And I'm super stoked to talk about Johnny Cash. They just go hand in hand. These are two badass country music legends. We talked about Outlaws, Willie Nelson. This is the group, y'all. We're continuing that group. Like, these are all members. Really fucking cool. Exactly. Like, everything's connected, you know, and it's kind of like the great circle of life, especially with country, you know, it was born yeah. from so much early things, and he, you know, claims his influences and everything. But so excited to talk about the one, the only man in black, Johnny Cash today, and specifically... Mm talking about Johnny, talking about our memories, stories around him, and talking about Ring of Fire, that classic Ring of Fire. Love is a burning thing And it makes a fiery ring Bound by wild desire I fell into a ring of fire I fell into a burning ring of fire 
I went down, 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 and the flames went higher, and it burns, 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 the ring of fire, the ring of fire. Yes, yes, yes. So, Johnny Cash, for those that haven't or don't know much about his life, we're going to have some fun facts. So let me just start, y'all. So, he was born John R. Cash. On February 26, 1932, in Kingsland, Arkansas. And he died in, on September 12th. Oh my gosh, the anniversary. Today is September 12th. Whoa, let's pause. Let's wow. pause. Stephanie and I didn't realize uh, recording this today on September 12th, guys. Johnny Cash Holy passed today, um, 18 years ago. And we did not realize wow. that. And that seems like kind of got chills. Um, yeah, yeah, me too. Isn't it? Um, and I'm wearing my, my Johnny Cash shirt for those that are watching on YouTube. Wow. And we did not, not plan that. What? So that's a one in 365 chance that we do that. Yeah. That, Can I just uh, acknowledge? Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. So Johnny left us 18 years ago today. He, when he was growing up, his name was actually J.R. He went by J.R. He did not go by Johnny. It was when he joined the Air Force that he named himself Johnny because um, the Air Force would not accept a candidate with initials for a name. So um, that's where you get Johnny Cash. It was really John R. But wow, I'm still taken back that, that this today's anniversary was passing. So let's talk about cool shit that happened um, <clears throat> when he was with us. So per Radio Texas Live, Johnny Cash has recorded 96 albums and over 1,500 songs throughout his career. Holy shit. Let me say that again. 96 albums, over 1,500 songs. Holy shit. (laughs) Wow. That's so cool. According to Radio Texas Live, something funny is that he got into a fight with an ostrich and lost. The ostrich broke his ribs. As we know, Johnny Cash, for those that aren't familiar with Johnny Cash, he he definitely was a character um, and he had some addiction problems. So there was probably a really fun story behind the ostrich, but I had to throw that in there because for those that are familiar with Johnny and know a little bit about his life, his personality, his music, does that even surprise you? No, it it just, it doesn't. (laughs) Um, Johnny Cash is known for singing songs about prison. Um, and he has also played many shows um, at, uh, you know, at actual prisons to incarcerated folks, but he's never spent actual time. Um, he has gone to jail plenty of times for double, for so many misdemeanors, um, but never actually been to the pen. And Steph, um, you have something to say to add about that. Yeah, it's kind of crazy that I think he's associated in some ways with prisons, Um but right. yeah, interestingly, it's like he never spent time there. But of course, as you alluded to on the flip side, um, he took, you know, playing at prisons and playing for prisoners, he just took that really seriously and did that really deliberately. And of course, Folsom Prison Blues, that was Johnny's uh, first top 10 single, that yes. classic. And then, um, yeah, it's fantastic. It was my ringtone for, I think, a number of years. It's pretty great. Nice. And then San Quentin is where Johnny played his first prison concert in 1958. And that was a really interesting show because Merle Haggard was an inmate there and he was 20 years old and he heard Johnny play that show and he credits Johnny with setting him on the path towards his 
career. Holy shit. Isn't that what? crazy? Mariah Haggard's over Mama Trap. Mama yeah. Trap. <laughs> Isn't that nuts? And you can, um, there's a lot of, uh, found some uh, little interview and a little more fun facts on uh, history.com, history channels website. Really, really interesting. But he talked about over the years, uh, Merle Haggard talked about seeing Johnny Cash's uh, debut at San Quentin. And yeah. he'd said, you know, Johnny walked in with uh, the right kind of attitude to walk into a prison. Mm-hmm. And he said, mm-hmm. uh, his quote was, he chewed gum, looked arrogant, flipped the bird to the guards. He did everything the prisoners wanted to do. He was a mean mother from the South who was there because he loved us. When he walked away, everyone in that place had become a Johnny Cash fan. Such yep. a cool quote. And you can picture it. And of course, there's the <laughs> iconic um, iconic picture you see everywhere of Johnny flipping the bird and you know mm-hmm. he was his own person and he kind of just didn't give a shit in that way um but again he believed in uh playing prisons and having that as a important audience and he also had spoken out more than once just about the unfairness of the system mm-hmm. itself uh oh, yeah. over incarcer- incarceration of people of color um and then relatedly johnny also spoke out on civil rights at a time when music industry folks weren't doing that, especially mm-hmm. country artists of that time. Yep. And so it was yep. really ahead of his time in a lot of ways and really was an amazing dude in a lot of ways. Yes, yes, yes. And Johnny, you know, I mean, Johnny Cash, as far as the music industry, other artists from all different genres love him. And one of his buddies was Roy Orbison. So for those that don't know who Roy Orbison is, he's the guy, pretty woman. Gotta love Roy. Yeah. But that's his like his song, right? There's plenty of others. But um, so they were friends, and uh, <laughs> Johnny once made a deal with Roy um, that they should both grow ponytails. Well, Johnny didn't want to do it, and Roy unfortunately passed a few months later. And when Johnny went to his services, walked up to Roy's casket, he laughed as he saw that Roy had a ponytail. So um, <laughs> that's funny. Anyway. <laughs> Keep that bet, you know, got to keep that bet. Yeah, for sure. Another random fun fact, um, in Johnny's early years, he owned a camper van and he named it Jesse James. The van was used to drive out into the desert so he could binge on (laughs) amphetamines. The windows were all painted black. So again, like I said, Johnny, and for those folks that do know about him, he definitely lived that outlaw outlaw life step where he said he didn't, you know, really give a fuck. He, but, um, you know, hey, he had some fun in Jesse James. So, so funny. <laughs> like, just to go out to do amphetamines, um, got this yeah. car to do that. That's pretty funny. Yeah. So on that note of just being uh, a, a little bit of a mis- <laughs> a misfit, <laughs> he was the only person ever successfully sued by the U.S. for starting a forest fire. Wow. What? <laughs> I didn't know that. Did you know Damn. that? Damn, that's fun. So basically what happened in June of 1965, his camper caught fire during a fishing trip with his nephew um, in Los Padres National Forest in California, triggering a forest fire that burned several hundred acres and nearly killed Cash. Cash claimed that the fire was caused by sparks from a defective exhaust system on his camper, but... It's thought that Cash started a fire to stay warm and in his drugged condition failed to notice the fire getting out of control. And this is per, he actually had a, uh, somebody accompanying him, which was his nephew, Damon Fielder. So Damon uh, was on the other side of this, thinking Johnny actually started the fire. 
Um, so in the courtroom, when the judge asked Cash why he did it, Cash said, I didn't do it. My truck did. And it's dead. So you can question it. <laughs> the fire destroyed 508 acres, burning the foliage of three mountains and driving off 49 of the refugees, 53 endangered condors. That's a lot of damage. Yeah, it's a lot of damage. So when Cash heard about this in report in, in court, he uh, maybe he was on something, whatever. He's like, I don't care about your damn yellow buzzards. The federal government then sued him and was awarded one hundred and twenty five thousand um, dollars in twenty sixteen. And in twenty sixteen, that's equivalent of pretty much close to a million dollars, y'all. So when this happened back in the sixties. Yeah, he paid close to a million dollars for the bullshit that he did. Um, Cash <laughs> eventually settled the case and paid $82,000. Um, and he was the first person ever sued by the government again for a forest fire. Um, all right, Johnny. <laughs> Last fun fact I want to share about him is that him and, jo- and Ozzy Osbourne became good friends at the Betty Ford Clinic in the 80s. I love it! I want to, I want to see two folks in black talking it out, one with a really strong Southern twang and draw and then you got ozzy who you don't fuck can't understand his british accent no ozzy's got his own issues mm-hmm. ozzy's got his own issues so i'd wow. love to be a fly on the wall during that shit when we were talking can you imagine? oh my god yes wow. but, woo! all right so Johnny, that's some fun stuff on johnny colorful life that dude you know colorful life and known for so many different songs kind of by the end of his career. But of course, what we're talking about today, Ring of Fire, can't really escape it. And I would say that's probably, I would say his best known song, if I had yeah. to guess, but uh, mm-hmm. a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of interesting history with it. Um, it was released in 1963, of course, just this huge hit. Uh, it was from the album Ring of Fire, the best of Johnny Cash. And Something that I think kind of gets lost to history a lot is the song yeah. was actually co-written by his future wife at the time, June mm-hmm. Carter, and then the songwriter Merle Kilgore, another Merle in this case. But yeah. that's a common name back in the day. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So co-written by like the three of them, and June uh, apparently she had come up with the idea. Ring yeah. of Fire, um, mm-hmm. according to legend, when she was driving around one night, just thinking about, it's like, oh, I'm drawn to this person who has pretty wild life, but I'm not able to resist him. Just thought of the concept um, of this. And it's there was because he wore all black. Yeah, yeah. He's wearing for the thousands <laughs> Um, You know, amazing. And then one of the original lines was prior to released there's no way to be in that hell no way to extinguish a flame that burns 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 it's from the original song so june of course you know and it's classic june went on to marry johnny five years later that co-writer merle kilgore was best man cute so cute and you know it's interesting because june actually took or supposedly took the song's title from a book of elizabethan poetry belonging to her uncle yeah and yeah, there's a lot of interesting history because she was uh, originally like, do I write this for Johnny to sing? She thought about writing it for her sister, 
to sing. Okay. And her sister did record a version of it mm-hmm. um, with the title Love's Ring of Fire. So it's interesting because it really had sort of this, you know, to get to radio, to get to where you heard it, it really right. kind of took its own little journey as a song. And I think sometimes, you know, people don't know there's a little twist and turn. So it's interesting. No, that is cool. Yeah. When I was doing research um, for the episode, I ran into uh, Anita Carter and I was like, oh, snap, I didn't know. And so, yeah, thanks for mentioning that. That's it's awesome. Just how, you know, a song will evolve. I mean, just like our last episode when we talked about Moby and Mission of Burma, <laughs> you know, um, you know, that, you know, Moby took Mission of Burma's uh, that's when I reached for my revolver just as a reminder and, you know, put a play on words so he can make it more uh, mainstream. So for MTV, um, that's awesome. That is awesome. So yeah, Ring of Fire, it's a song. It's one of the songs that just kind of makes my world stop for a couple of seconds, wherever I'm hearing. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. Like I just have to pause. There are select few songs that are like that for me personally. And this isn't my top three. My other two is definitely um, Alice in Chains Wood. And then also Metallica's one. Those three songs, I just stop. I just stop and I pause for a second. Even if I catch it in the middle of the song, let's say I'm driving or, you know, whatever, socializing, it's at a bar, it's at a restaurant, whatever you're at. I'm like, oh, I need to pause for a little bit, acknowledge, and just keep on going. Um, It has that effect. It just has that effect. It's an intense song. It's romantic. It is amazing. Like, this is, like... A masterpiece. And then when you hear Johnny's cat Johnny Cash's voice in the beginning, you're like, shut up. I gotta shut up and listen. Because that's Johnny. His fucking voice is so captivating. He's such a he was such a badass artist. Yeah. If you don't even listen to country on the regular, you're going to stop and listen to him. Like my husband fucking hates country. Loves Johnny Cash. Would not go with me to Dwight Yoakum because he fucking hates country. And I get it. And I'm like, but Johnny Cash is so near and dear to him. And guess what, y'all, for people that don't know me, I got my dogs named after Johnny Cash. My Chewini, his name is Cash, and I named him Cash. I got him first because he has attitude. (laughs) I tend to name my animals after rock stars. That's just how I roll. And when I yeah, and then we got him. It was on Black Friday, and I'm like, mm-hmm, and he's got attitude. That's fucking cash right there. So Boom. cute. Yes. And then Johnny's brother came on Valentine's Day. So I got Johnny Cash. He's my Basenji. And he's he's a he's an undercover lover. So I think that I have like from the very little that we know of our, you know, our artists. We get so familiar with them. We love them so much. We feel like if we read about their lives, we just know who they are. I think that Johnny Cash would love my Johnny Cash. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, I love, I mean, guys, I just want to, I just want to recap this. Her dogs are Johnny and Cash. That's amazing. And they're so sweet. They're so sweet. Can you just imagine that? We'll post a picture on the socials just so you guys can get a full yes. sense of this. It's some, that's some fandom though, Stephanie. So, you know, props. Yeah, I mean, my I, my other dog, Chino, named him after, you know, of course, uh, Chino Moreno from the Deftones. I I mean, and I had another dog named Maynard, you know, Maynard James Keenan from Tool, Perfect Circle, um, and I forget the other band. Uh, anyway, but yeah, <laughs> it's just so much. Uh, Johnny Cash is just the man. 
And, um, you know, I think what's great about Johnny Cash for us, for me and Stephanie, is that there was a particular venue we went to every Wednesday, or was it Wednesday of the month? I'll let Steph talk about this, but um, bring to kick it off. But we partied on the school night for Johnny Cash. Check it. Go, go Steph. Go. We got, you know, as you, as everyone knows, the podcast, you know, we're talking about our stories and our memories connected with these folks. And we so heavily associate Johnny Cash with just this amazing event in Brooklyn that was called the Cash Hank Hootenanny. And the Cash Hank Hootenanny, super fun, took place in South Slope at a bar called Buttermilk. It was a great bar. And this event was, it was so fun. It was such a nice little chill thing to attend in the middle of what could sometimes just be kind of craziness. Um, but it drew in everybody in the hood, just demographically. And it was such a popular event. You had to get there early if you wanted a seat, like for this jam out. But what it was, was this amazing, great jam out. It honored Johnny Hank Williams. That's the name, Cash Hank, Nanny. All of those folks from the time. There's Patsy Cline, yes. people bring in your mm-hmm. stuff all the time. It's just so great. And what folks could do is they could come up, bring their instruments, um, and do their tributes to yes. folks from this era. And it was really, really neat to go watch. I tried to never miss one. My uh, my landlord at the time, Diego, he did a great rendition of, I think it was Get Rhythm. And Ew. it was fantastic little tribute yeah. um, to Johnny. Loved seeing that. But there was definitely within... Brooklyn too, just this real reverence for older classic country and people yeah. would come in and it was, um, it was not, uh, it was not amateur hour to put it mildly. Like people were really good. They'd bring in their guitars and banjos, like put small bands together to go up mm-hmm. and do this tributes just in, you know, and this wasn't a, this wasn't a big event space. This was a small bar. Like it was a very intimate bar, yes. but a classic great dive and such a cool place to kind of invoke their, spirit um mm-hmm. i i hope that it's still going on there because the area has changed so much but hoping that you know things like that live on because it was a really really special tribute to johnny cash and to hank williams and to just folks of that era yeah absolutely man it was so much fun i looked forward to it it was every wednesday like steph said always a packed house and it was literally just a standard dive bar. It was a room, but it was the people that went and it was the events that they held and made it so special. And I hope there's some still some special events like that happening because I think Buttermilk is still open. Um, neither here nor there. It's been a minute. It's been a while. And, you know, what I personally loved about that night is that you would see people who you knew grew up with Johnny Cash, like myself. Grow up in San Antonio. Johnny talks, Cash talks a lot about San Antonio in his songs my parents have you know big they love country music i grew up on him and it's like sweet now i've seen other people pay homage but you also have folks who you know or maybe i remember us taking some friends who don't put country on rotation on heavy rotation and they're like hey but i know who this guy is especially at the time that we went to buttermilk because johnny cash made a big splash on the mainstream because he partnered with rick rubin and did a bunch of different covers of really, really um, popular rock songs. 
And so it was like, oh, cool. Johnny Cash was like everywhere. Like we, we lived in Brooklyn at the best time, Stephanie. Like, I just think maybe I'm biased because, yeah, because we were there together and we have so many great memories to share with everyone. But like, seriously, it was a special time for music. And so you would see people from uh, all walks of life, which is great. And that's what it's supposed to be. And it reminded me as well, you know, I felt that same sentiment I mentioned now earlier at Dwight. Because the, it draws people from different sides. This is not like a Toby Keith show. You know what you're going to get at a Toby Keith show. Sorry, y'all who like Toby Keith, but I'm just going to put it out there because I don't give a fuck. He you know what you're going to get at a Toby Keith. Or you're going to a fucking, like on the rock side, you're going to go see dumbass Ted Nugent. So, you know, I'm just like, all right, you know what you're going to get. But another thing that I really did like about uh, Buttermilk as well is like the crowd was there, but they even tried to do a little theme that have specials on whiskey you know, Johnny Cash was a whiskey drinker. So that was, it was just fun. It was so much fun. And, you know, and great because the acoustics, we talk about acoustics, our last episode, talking about a mission of Burma blowing us out. Well, man, here we came prepared and we thought we could, if we could survive Cash, Hank, Hootenanny Night, we could do anything. <laughs> and so it was, yeah, there was a lot of passion on that stage. And man, I miss it. It was so cool. It was really, really cool. And you could tell people coming in um, just for that night were bringing their own sense of nostalgia, sense mm -hmm. of memories, that it wasn't just about, oh, okay, like I'm, I'm here tonight. Okay, oh, there happens to be a band. Like people really, they brought yeah. in their own memories to it, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, because if you were there, you were there for the event. You couldn't go and be like, oh, shit, let me go shoot the shit with Deborah after work and have some cocktails. Fuck no, you and Deborah ain't having no fucking conversation. Cause that shit was fucking loud. So you went there for the music and that was so awesome. I'm like, woo, we're all here. We're all it was here. really, really cool. It was really cool. And then, yeah, I had my own kind of like sense of nostalgia and memories that tied up both Johnny Cash and Hank Williams. Mm -hmm. um, I uh, really heavily associate Hank Williams with um, my grandfather who passed earlier this year, Grandpa Jack. And mm -hmm. I think my first memories of knowing anything actually about Hank Williams are uh, my granddad singing uh, Hey Good Looking and oh, uh, yeah. dancing around the living room with my grandma. Say hey, good looking. What you got cooking? How's about something up with me shout out to my grandma who actually i think might be listening hi grandma um <laughs> but yeah as a kid like i actually feel like i i might have thought this was a song hey good looking at the song that grandpa made up um and probably took me a little <laughs> bit like yeah. childhood to be like oh my god that's a real song it's just like oh grandpa just makes up songs that are really good um, <laughs> it's so cute <laughs> yeah, like it's so fun. but that's yeah that's a special one for me uh cool. yeah love you grandpa every time i hear hank williams i think about you do you love hank williams um mm -hmm. and then and also when i thought about it uh my grandpa john who passed when i was about 15 just uh had this aesthetic had this attitude that reminded me of Johnny Cash, uh, just like a kind of a fun connection there too. He's just mm -hmm. very much his own person, just kind of rebel in a lot of ways, like live life his own way and on his own terms. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of how he always was. And then also when I first saw a picture of Johnny Cash when I was a kid, 
um, mm-hmm. I was also like, oh, that person looks like Grandpa John. Like, you really? know, the first time I saw that. So it's like that backwards connection. So yeah, just uh, just remembering both my grandfathers in that way. Heck yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I love Hank Williams too. And again, like Hank, Johnny Cash, Dry Oakham probably could all hang out and slam a couple of beers, whiskeys, whatever they do, because they're all the same ilk. Um, I definitely am a fan of Hank as well and his grandson, Hank three. So I used to like, uh, junior and then he got a bit racist and I got time for that shit. So I'll let it yeah, go. He sucks. He did. Yeah. I mean, he got racist. I was like, That's junior insane. sucks. It was like the talent skipped a yeah. generation. So it's yeah. like, Hank <laughs> senior was awesome. Uh, Hank the third's really cool. Hank Williams junior. I'll leave right where we just leave it. We just leave that there. We just do. Yeah. I've seen Hank three live um and the cool thing about hank three off y'all don't know who um he is he is uh he's a front man for the band hank three he'll go out um and it's a, a mix of metal and rockabilly and it's amazing um and he also has some other side projects as well so you should definitely check out hank three my favorite hank williams song has to be your cheating heart and I always think about it growing up again, because these are old artists, y'all. I mean, we're bringing it back. Hank Williams. Um, in 1996, there was a commercial that used this song. Um, it was a Pepsi commercial, and it showed a delivery, a Coke delivery guy going into a store and supplying the cooler with a bunch of uh, Coke, of course, right? And there is a Pepsi uh, cooler next door, and he decides to take a can, and all of the cans in, in the cooler come out. <laughs> In the fridge. Awesome. Love it. <laughs> and it's like, you're cheating hard. The Coke guy was cheating on the Coke with the Pepsi. It was the best. Y'all, go. I, I literally had, went to YouTube and I watched it again. I'm like, I just love this fucking commercial. Back in the day, I was an advertising major and so I actually paid attention to shit. But um, I don't I don't know. But anyway, um, that's like Hank Williams. Yeah. I, I love it. Absolutely love it. And I believe also there's a song that. Um, my goodness, Alan Jackson did um, about Hank Williams, Midnight in Montgomery. Midnight in Montgomery. Mm-hmm. Yes. Midnight in Montgomery. That is a good one as well. It's really yeah. cool. Hank- yeah. If folks should check that out if they haven't. I think the music video is also pretty cool. It's a pretty. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's a straightforward tribute yep. to Hank Williams Sr. And really cool. Yeah. Really cool I love that. Love Midnight in Montgomery. I like Alan Jackson as well. Man, I got. Man, I'm gonna go back memory lane after we're done with this, for real. And I, man, this is definitely an episode that I know that we have tons of fans on. I know you have some stories. Let us know. You know, talk to us. I'm gonna show you my dogs. <laughs> Tell me what we were thinking about Johnny Cash. You've done. I mean, I don't know. Um, and have you seen him live? I mean, folks have been able to see him live. I want to know. That's it's super cool. This guy's an icon. Anything else with, I'm just going to call them the outlaws. I just have to call those guys the outlaws. Any memories you got with the outlaw gang? You know, have you seen Dwight before? I mean, he was big in the 90s. I have a friend of mine who was like, yeah, I'm jealous. I saw him in the 90s. I'm like, yeah, that was his prime. Um, that's, that's badass, you know? Um, yeah, so I'd love to hear more from you guys. And, you know, we make it easy to reach us in any form you'd want to. You can email us if you're old school, uh, stephaniestalktunes at gmail.com. Any social platform you're on, we are probably on, and we would <laughs> love to hear from you. Uh, we're Stephanie's Talk Tunes on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. 
or Stephanie's talk on Twitter. Once again, thanking folks for those uh, reviews on Apple Podcasts. Uh, if you yeah. could give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, that'd be great. If you could write one, even better. But gratitude for folks who have. Just appreciate you listening. We really yes. do appreciate it. It makes a big difference. Absolutely. And I really, I need to see some action y'all on this Johnny Cash. I know, I know there's things y'all need to share because he's just a special artist. So come on, come on, talk tuners, talk to us. So um, in addition, when you reach out to us again, we're part of the Pantheon network. So be sure to go and check out our brother and sister podcast that we have some really good, good, good content there. So, so happy to be a part of that network and definitely um, you guys should check them out as well. If you enjoy us, you'll, I'm sure you'll find like five or 10 more other podcasts you enjoy that are part of Pantheon. So thank you so much. Incredible ones on the network. Really grateful to be part of that network. I love listening to them all the time. Um, and I think other folks will like to discover those uh, sibling podcasts as well. For sure. All right. Well, I think um, we all are on assignment. We need to go listen to some Johnny Cash um, and have a wonderful day. And I'm out. I'll see you next time, guys. Have a good one, guys. Love ya. Peace. Venture X card from Capital One gives you premium travel benefits. Perfect for seeing Taylor Swift The Eras Tour. Presented by Capital One. Oh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and ten times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel. Enjoy your stay in Suite 13. Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.